Some movies are highbrow, some movies are lowbrow. Welcome to Highbrow Lowbrow. I'm Josh Kirschenbaum. I'm Cooper Gagan. Each week we pick a topic and pick two movies that fit that topic. One highbrow, one lowbrow. And this week we're not doing that because sometimes we don't do that. Yeah. Sometimes we just uh, hang out and chat. We call them... No brows. Call them no brows. I am so distracted by the (laughs) fact that we're trying to record this. I don't know whether to look at you. I don't know whether to look at the like little robot tripod in front of me. I feel like I'm in an interrogation scene in a movie. Because like my this is annoying, but my only frame of reference for like what people look like when they podcast is Joe Rogan. Because I feel like on Twitter there's always like Joe Rogan gets owned, or you know, on the opposite side of that, Joe Rogan owns Lib are like always the shit that like propagates. Yeah. So I just know he kind of like sits like this. And it's sort of like at an angle, so I should like turn. Yeah, we should like turn, and we should just like flex constantly because I think he's flexing. And constantly. do some HGH. Yeah, exactly. Okay, real quick break. <laughs> we'll do some HGH. We'll come back, <laughs> shave our heads. We'll be back in a couple months when we can like put on just a ton of empty muscle. This is going to be so confusing for the listeners when we get him, when we get self conscious about how we look with this terrible lighting and never post this video. Right. It's going to be very confusing, especially if you like if there's any listeners who listen but don't follow us on TikTok or. Instagram, which is no one. I don't like how else did they find us? Well, I think the people who we personally know, I don't think follow us on Instagram, TikTok. They might follow us on Instagram. On Instagram, yeah. I don't think anybody we know are active users of TikTok, really. We don't have to talk about all our friends one by one in their TikTok. (laughs) Let's call them up. Let's call them up. What we do have to talk about is our topic, singular, probably for the day. Listener mailbag. Numero dos. You called for Well, you didn't really call for it. But the last one I think people liked. We're going to do it again. We had to do two rounds of questions. We have, you know, a healthy amount of questions. We'll uh, see what the people want us to say. Right. Just like last time, Cooper has seen all these. These are all new to me. Although I don't think there's going to be a lot of just like weird make us say stuff stuff in there. It feels like people didn't jump on that idea as much last time. Maybe it's in there. No, not really. I, okay. I keep on wanting people to take take us up on that that offer, and they're they're too nice to us. We have good uh, friends and followers. The Warhawks are kindly people. Yeah, I, <laughs> despite their name, right? I was desperately trying to court hate mail on on the, on the uh, social media and people won't send it. Yeah. People don't care enough that require like being earnest and like having like values. It's like the Don Draper quote of, I don't think about you at all, but actually because they're teenagers and teenagers don't care about anything. No. Uh, okay. Uh, I, should I look at some of the questions? I I have the, I have the list. Why don't you read the first one? I'll read the first one. This one comes from black sheep sweater or blacks sheep's weeder. (laughs) Yeah. It really, it's all one word. Depends how the kerning goes. Uh, thoughts on Darren Aronofsky's mother, which you have a take on Darren Aronofsky's mother. Well, we both have takes on it. You yeah. have a funny theater going experience that you've talked about, which I've told on the pod like multiple times. Yeah. So we don't have to get into all of that, but it, it was, I saw the Cinerama and it was fun. Yeah. Um, I like it a lot and we actually considered doing it for the podcast for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, we ended up pivoting off of that. Yeah. We were going to do mother versus bad moms. Yeah. Which, uh, you you then didn't want to do so much because I had a violently negative reaction to Bad Moms when I just watched it by myself. Right. It was a combination of you really hated Bad Moms. Yeah. And also that your your interpretation of Mother was that it wasn't very much about motherhood, which is valid because that movie's about like 17 things. And yeah. It's just sort of like everyone brings what they have to it. Oh, I forgot about that aspect of it. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it has nothing to do with motherhood, obviously. Yeah. But I will say that for most of the movie, she is not a mother yet. She is pregnant for most of it. 
and then she has the baby, and then it is. I mean, there's definitely some stuff going on about motherhood with her having the baby and losing the baby. But I just think the majority of the movie is using her pregnancy and birth as an allegory for other stuff, and it doesn't feel as much to me specifically about the state of motherhood. I just I like the idea of you going up to a pregnant woman and telling them they're not a mother. They're I think not. It's really funny. They're not. <laughs> I'm sure that will go over swimmingly. They're not. Unless they have another kid. <laughs> like, I will, I will like defend second this. Kid. This is I am in the right here. I'm just empirically right. Oh yeah. It's one of those things where like you're not like technically wrong, but it's also the kind of thing that would just get you like smacked. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And by the by pink, all the non-fathers who are hanging out with them. <laughs> Uh, Darren Aronofsky's okay so my actual take on the movie is it's very good Uh, I think probably his best movie since uh, well actually I didn't see Noah so uh, and actually so I guess since like Black Swan because The Wrestler is quite good I I read Noah. Noah I never saw it. Yeah, I have a, um, a friend of mine really rides for that movie, but it's it's the one. I think it's the only Aronofsky movie I haven't seen, mm. um, which I'm not actively avoiding it. It just sort of hasn't come to me. You know, some movies they get recommended by friends or people you follow, or like you know they you're flipping through Netflix and it's like we've got Noah, and you're like, oh, you know, it yeah. has not circled you've got back Noah. Yeah, <laughs> it hasn't circled back to me yet. Uh, but you didn't ask about Noah; you asked about Mother, and Mother is really, really good. Oh yeah, if in case I didn't say already, it's great. I love that movie; it's really yeah. good. It's incredible. Five stars. I think that uh, you know my reading initially was that it's always like it's very religious, it's very biblical. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know all the. I mean, the Adam shows up and then even takes the rib and then there's the two kids. One kills the, like, you know, it, I, it's hard to spoil the movie without spoiling the Bible. Yeah. Um, but I found it a really interesting way of working through a lot of the like uh, themes and interpersonal stories and certain biblical stories while also being about creativity and motherhood and uh, the environment apparently is a big thing that I think Aronofsky has talked about, but it was not something I personally took away that much. It's it's I in that they're it. trashing the house and the yeah. house is the earth and it's mother earth, that kind of thing. And then also, I mean, we're just going to talk about the ending of mother, right? Like, uh, yeah, if you uh, don't want to be spoiled, if you don't want the ending of mother spoiled, skip ahead like 90 seconds. Yeah. Um, I mean, her, like them consuming the baby is kind of a big, feels like a big metaphor for destroying the environment in order to serve yourself. Yeah. Or also Jesus. Yeah. And that too. Yeah. You know, take this bread. It is my body. Yeah, sure. Right? That that's the thing Jesus allegedly said. We are the wrong people to yeah. be dropping facts about the Bible. <laughs> um, the really excellent movie, and I really like two things I really like about Mother. One, they kind of hid the fact that it was a really abstract art movie until it yeah. came out, which is explained its Although, F cinema score. Yeah, sometimes I feel like it. I feel like it doesn't really work in your favor to try to hide what the movie is. No, about. no, no. It was very dumb of them, but it, I got a kick out of it because I think the reaction was very strong, yes. and I kind of like. Maybe this is a little mean to me. I do kind of like when people go into a movie expecting one thing and it's something different. They get like mad, especially because those are people who wouldn't go to that kind of movie. So it's kind of fun to trick people into seeing a abstract artsy film, right? It's like that guy who sued. This is like years ago, but the guy who sued the uh, the like producer of Drive because he thought it would be like a Fast and Furious movie based on the trailer. Oh, how'd that go? I don't know. Got thrown out in like a day. Yeah, you know, it's like the guy who sued Warner Brothers for not being enough Joker and Suicide Squad. Not the Suicide Squad. Suicide, like the Jared Leto. Yeah, Suicide Squad. Um, it. I don't know. I. I think it's funny. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I liked about Mother. And the other you liked one, about Mother that you thought it was funny. And I, I thought, do think you thought it is. There are some funny parts. Kristen Wiig's really good in that. Yeah, movie. she's really funny. Funny part for me, the part that I latched onto the most, I guess, obviously, the part that I latched on the most was kind of the allegory for just the. 
the process of being a an artist who mines from your personal life and mm-hmm. how that can cause damage to the people in your personal life that yeah. you are kind of pillaging for content. Mm-hmm. Um, it just kind of reminds me of a lot of like when you hear interviews about comedians who do bits about their like l- wives or husbands and loved ones about how it kind of puts a strain on their relationship that they have to always deal with, but they also need to be able to use their personal life for their art. Yeah, that's how it works. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's absolutely, I think, a huge part of that movie. And funny, like a lot of the reviews when it came out, you know, the opening shot of Mother is like a, a woman and like everything's burning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of people thought that looked a lot like Rachel Weisz, who used to be married or right. dating to Darren Aronofsky. And some people thought that a lot of the movie was him working through, you know, what it's like for him, because I guess he, you know, has had multiple relationships and what it's like being in a relationship while you're also creating art and like mm-hmm. how to put a strain. And, and, you know, obviously Mother has kind of a cyclical frame story to it. Yeah. And that's sort of what that would be interpreted as just sort of like, you know, having to have these relationships that repeat, but you can't stop them because you have to use it for the art. Mm-hmm. Um Great fucking movie. I, yeah. I just like when people make just actual art films. Yeah. Like movies with American movie stars. Yeah. Non-narrative, interesting visually. It's got, it's just, it's nice to see. You'll love to see it. Oh yeah. It, it's crazy because I don't know how it was made. I guess just because Jennifer Lawrence signed on and like, cause like, it's I mean, not Jared like. Jared Aronofsky is a big deal. Oh like, yeah. He but, can get stuff greenlit. But he's not like green. He did not have like a blank check at that point. I mean, he was a successful, his last film was Black Noah. Swan. Did he do Black Swan before that? Uh, that was like three films before that. Right. But he, that was a pretty big. Right. But making Black Swan doesn't mean you get to make every movie ever. It's not like you're like Zemeckis and you get okay, like two decades of everything you get forever. But he definitely this gets is, some goodwill for Black Swan. Oh yeah. Which, so he does, he does wrestler mm-hmm. and that's like his comeback after, yeah. after uh, the fountain is kind of like his didn't, right. uh, his, his going big after Requiem for a Dream. Then he does Black Swan and Black Swan's the slightly bigger one. He gets off wrestler, which is, I mean, both of those movies are great. Yeah. Then Noah is a big swing which i think it, it's like not as well remembered critically i haven't seen it like i said but it did make a lot of money because it was uh if i remember correctly because it was like a religious film that came out around easter right yeah and then the kind of religious people would kind of just go to see it to support yeah. the support, support, support the, the boy noah yeah <laughs> your boy noah <laughs> back in action um so i guess my thought is just you know he was in a place where he can get project screenlit absolutely but like something that abstract it, like like normally when you're doing something, you know, Kevin Smith has that thing about when you break into Hollywood, you get when you have an unexpected success, you get one no holds barred, whatever you want to make movie. You know, his yeah. example was uh, some of the examples I think like after Dark Knight, Inception, like two hundred million dollars original idea based on nothing, you know, not with superheroes, whatever, go nuts. And then obviously that hits so hard, no one can do anything forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's funny, like Mother almost feels like that, except obviously it's not as expensive. But it is to me just like such a big, uh, such a strange, unlike anything else movie that I'm surprised. Like I'm surprised even he was able to walk into like a financier and they're like, "Yeah, sure, fuck it. Yeah, here's six million dollars. I don't know, ten million. I don't know how budgets work. I feel like it's kind of how the Wachowskis have operated for the last several <laughs> decades, which is, well, I don't get it, but I didn't get the Matrix, and that was people like that, right? And, and then, it was like, I don't get it, but I, I didn't get Black Swan and people <laughs> like that. But then Jupiter Ascending kind of rips that from them, and then they. Uh, they basically do nothing until that they basically are threatened to do another Matrix movie. Yeah, yeah. and they uh, make a movie about being threatened to do another Matrix movie. Right, which like I appreciate the chutzpah, but as a fan of the Matrix and of good movies, it would be nice for there to be more both good Matrix matrices and good movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I remember there was some uh, there's a whole it was like a film Twitter thing of like 
I guess there's another writer director who had a pitch for Matrix, and they I think he, if if maybe if Lana didn't do it, if then he was going to get to do like an original oh, Matrix. for the new Matrix. Yeah, for Matrix Four, like basically Re- directions. Uh, yeah. yeah. So there's another writer director who they would would have given Matrix Four to mm-hmm. if Wachowski hadn't done it, and. Uh, I would like to see that. I think it's yeah. a really interesting world, and I like the uh, when you have a big interesting world, the best thing you can do is open it up and let people play around in that sandbox. It's the exact same problem with the Star Wars movies, which I'm sure I've said on a this podcast times. before because yeah. I say it all the time. <laughs> it's just that the interesting part of those movies isn't... It, it was in the original movies. It was those specific characters. Yeah. But I think the people thing that people latch on to for decades is the world and kind of like the the possibilities of this huge world they've created. And yeah. I just want to see other parts of the world, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. With the Animatrix. Yeah, the Animatrix is incredible. There's, uh, Neil Gaiman has a really incredible short story set in the Matrix world. I think part of a collection of stories like that. I mean, seeing Star Wars and, I mean, the Gendy Tartakovsky Clone Wars yeah. is like, is incredible just because they, they just handed, probably not a bunch of money, but a good amount of money to a genius and just said, do some Star Wars stuff. Yeah. Like they, I would love of them to go to, I just inter- other like weird like Vincenzo Natale or Ari Aster or I honestly give it go to like go to Greta Gerwig do like a Star Wars rom com like that's just fun yeah I think that's like it's such a big world that uh, nerds or like Cheers at the Cantina yeah yeah I, I actually because the best Star Wars content to come out in years was Mandalorian because not because they didn't try to remake Star Wars they yeah. just said let's do a space western using the Star Wars influence and it reinvigorated the entire I was gonna say brand but it feels kind of gross the, but it is the soul of the story yeah. but then and then the other funny thing is that like even if you're uh, like afraid of not adapting something and not using these characters there's a shitload of like books of Star Wars that exist that you can adapt yeah the extended universe which, which they were just like never mind fuck all those those yeah, are in the garbage can it became now. legends I think it yeah. became like like this is all what if stories now they're all Elseworld stories they're yeah. no, not canon because now the um, the sequel trilogy, the you know, Force Awakens to Rise of Skywalker is like the canon. Yeah, but they could easily adapt. I don't know. It's like Wrath of the Emperor or something. Somebody's gonna yell at me about what these books are called. But yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of like very well regarded um, expanded universe books. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I remember like doing a deep dive in a lot of like Reddit threads about it, and they see like. I think there's a Darth Bane, and I think he's like the, oh, the one who's got like the mask. Oh, I guess the original Darth Vader has a mask <laughs> over his face, so it is pretty much it's pretty similar to Bane, right? Uh, and I think he invented like the rule of two with the Siths, and like that's oh like, the dumbest rule that ever existed. Oh yeah, it's so it's so stupid, but like I I would I, I'll Google it after this, but like if there's a I guess there's a novel out there all about that, and that sounds cool as shit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, just Siths killing each other. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's my thoughts on Darren Aronofsky's mother as. Well as mine. Yes. All right. Next question. You're up. From Noah Rosen, a friend of ours. Hi, Noah. Uh, Give us your hot takes about movies. The spicier, the better. So I feel like there's two ways of interpreting this question. I'm interpreting as movies as an art, as a giant, as an art form. Okay. Yeah. So that's the act of watching a movie. So it could, yeah, it could either be that or do you have a specific crazy hot take about a a specific movie? movie? Yeah. Maybe we could do one of each. Yeah. Each. I mean, Okay. My specific hot take about movies is, well, I don't enjoy seeing them in theaters that much, and very, I don't enjoy seeing them with a crowd very much, usually. Spicy, spicy hot take. I'm often irritated by the reaction the crowd is getting. The exception is that I do like Mystery Science Theory in a movie. 
Oh, like when you're with friends and you're all like ripping on it. Yeah, which is not a crowd. That's not a movie theater Right, because you don't want to ruin it for other people in the theater. But if you're just with a bunch of people who are like walked into that vibe. Yeah, yeah. that's very... That's my favorite way to watch a movie with a group is when you're mystery science theatering it. Mm-hmm. And I would be down for... If you had, if they had movie screenings where there's like this is a mystery science theater one, you guys can all just yell at the screen and stuff. That would be fun. Yeah, I mean, I would enjoy that. I think they do that. I mean, they do like um, uh, Alamo Drafthouse does sometimes like like drunk like brunch screen drunk screenings for stuff. Yeah, I just remember specifically Cats. They ran for a little while. Like they actually kind of did really well with that. Like selling like the like get drunk and yell at the screen for Cats like yeah. screenings, and that's brilliant. Yeah, like, I would just like one of those screenings for every movie like a, a week or a day yeah probably yeah. a week just like one where we can all yell at the screen and do bits yeah see weirdly the best version of that would be rocky horror picture show right except like there's I, specific stuff you have to yell at the screen. right like that's actually more like homework and like yeah specific, it's, it's like you have to bring to stuff dance. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like <laughs> it's like a potluck but yeah. for like for like bits yeah but like also it's mostly teenagers and it's just you know if you're older than like 24 it's just real weird yeah although i haven't done it and i feel like i sh- as a person who likes movies and i like rocky horror we should i should go to it at least once yeah it's fun i went to the uh new art maybe four or five years ago yeah it had to had to be four because i remember when with anyway yeah we were talking about doing an idea of having a a uh episode where we do highbrow lowbrow like interactive theater kind of so you do rocky horror for lowbrow and then like sleep no more or something for highbrow oh right yeah yeah that'd be fun that'd be fun it would yeah i i guess the rocky horror i think i think the fact that we would be uncomfortable at rocky horror might make it more fun right i mean because like i said like my big thing i had fun doing it and it was good and stuff and then i remember like the last the last song you know like don't don't dream it be it or whatever where yeah. it's like the slow dance everyone's like slow dancing in the aisles okay and I, I was with uh it was with uh my fiance and then another couple of uh friend of ours mm-hmm. and they're like oh let's like go dance in the aisles they look in the aisles and it's all teenagers making out okay it is just like a hundred in each aisle just like teenagers making out so i'm just like no let's not let's not go anywhere near that <laughs> we're gonna be here we're, we're gonna, gonna be in, in our seat. chairs and look at the screen at this great movie which it is great movie yeah um so like that's why maybe we shouldn't well, I mean, if you still want to... Is there other lowbrow interactive... Fe- okay, listeners, if you Warhawks. have... Warhawks, yes. If you have suggestions for other lowbrow interactive theater, is Meow Wolf that? I, no, I the one we're going to in in Vegas? Yeah. No, that's like a um, just like an experience. Okay. I don't know. It, it feels sort of like an... like a. Remember the Museum of Ice Cream? Like, it's very like, yeah. Instagrammable. Oh, okay, yeah. I think Meow Wolf may be a bit like that, but like maybe like... And a couple steps up in terms of like actual production value and like what okay. you're getting out of it instead of just some backdrops right exactly yeah yeah i mean i don't know i didn't go to the museum of ice cream if you created the museum of ice cream uh come on the show we'd love yeah. to have you yeah um my hot take about movies um trying to decide how like defensive and crazy it's tougher because i've had the last like five minutes to like scan this and like think about what i wanted to say <laughs> okay so this is like not a this is like a very expected take from me, but okay. I think this That's would be considered... not exactly what a hot. Oh, oh, it's it would a hot be take con- for other people. I think it would be considered if I like went into a room of like the average humans, yeah, and I shouted this opinion about movies. Okay. In addition to it being weird that I just shouted at a bunch of strangers, they would get annoyed at this. Okay. Um, everyone is more snobby about movies than I am. Oh, okay. And they'd be <laughs> like, "Who are you? <laughs> we don't know that." And what? What, I, what do you mean? And and here's and here's what I mean. Uh, I am often called a a snobby movie person, okay. a movie snob, if you will. <laughs> yeah, by many people. Yeah, <laughs> and I I get that a lot because you know I rip on a lot of popular movies often, and yes. I watch a lot of highbrow movies. Oh, yeah, 
And so much that we did dedicate a podcast to it. So yeah, exactly. I watch uh, a lot of black and white movies, a lot of movies in other languages, a lot of artsy fartsy movies. And you very deliberately seek those out. You have like a movie night you do. Yes. Yeah. Every, for the past five, oh, maybe even longer, maybe six years. I think we started it in 2016. Uh, I, I've devoted every Wednesday to specifically watching a movie it was on Filmstruck at first, then now on the Criterion channel or a Criterion movie that I own or just another, you know, I we'll, we'll go to Canopy or HBO Max, whatever's got this, got the goods. Yeah. So here with that preamble, <laughs> I, I am often called a movie snob by people who only watch one kind of movie. Yeah. Who only watch big summer blockbusters, uh, usually based on pre-existing IP. Mm-hmm. Now, I am someone who also watches those movies yes. and loves them but also watches every other kind of movie. Right. They are the snobs. If They're anything, the ones who say only one kind of movie is good enough for me. I and 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 uh I think everyone else is snobby and I'm the only one who is not. If anything, I'm more of a snob because I very specifically <laughs> don't like those big temple action movies. Right. But I do also like very dumb lowbrow movies. Like maybe on like the spectrum, I also like fancy black and white movies and yeah. foreign movies, but I also watch a lot of n- nonsense. <laughs> right. My take has always been a movie is not better because it is in black and white, or a movie is not better because it is in another language or because it's artsy, but you should watch all those movies too, because yeah. the, a lot of them are really great, and usually the ones that you'll get to see are the good ones because the bad movies from the 40s literally have not survived it's a weird experience watching a bad movie from the 40s because you forget that they exist right because most of the time when you see something that is that old you're finding it on a best of list or something like that yeah and there's a lot of just stupid nonsense that was in the 40s there's like or even like you know every there's like attack of the bee women or whatever oh yeah yeah there's all these nonsense (laughs) movies or uh the brain that wouldn't die another fun one that's just like horrible effects poorly written dialogue no reason for it to exist, but they're fun. I also like watching those movies. Oh, yeah. They're great. Anyway, my, my big thing is uh, please watch, to everyone, please watch more movies. Watch more fancy movies. Watch more uh, subtitle movies. Watch more black and white movies. Uh, they are they will have different ways of, you know, well, older movies might be a little slower. The acting styles will be different. Same time thing with other countries' movies. Uh, but it's just like, you know, learning to like a new kind of food. Like, you know, if you'd never eaten sushi your whole life and someone said, eat this raw fish, you'd be like, Geez, that's crazy. Yeah. So maybe movies with black and white, same idea. Is that an acceptable metaphor? I think that works, yeah. Awesome, yeah. So that's my spicy pipe knot take is you all suck, I'm correct. Spoken like a true man of the people. <laughs> I mean, we could do specific spicy hot takes. I mean, I, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll pepper some in as we go because I don't have one off the top of my head right now. Yeah, I mean, that's basically our uh, whole podcast. Yeah, I feel like all the hot takes I have about specific movies are things I've already said on this podcast. Like... Okay, I have the hot take that I love the movie Inception. I think it's very good. Mm-hmm. I think that the last third of the movie actually makes no sense. Like all the stuff when they're in limbo and they're in the shared dream and then the the, the snow palace. I don't I don't I think if you like take out your like flow chart and actually try to figure it out, it doesn't actually make sense, but it is still a good movie and a lot of good action set pieces. Mm-hmm. But then they're like you got the Christopher Nolan nerds who are just be like, "Oh, you didn't get it." I'm like, "I don't think there's anything to get here. I think it's it's just it's nonsense, but it's it's like it's a good movie. It's just not like a perfect. It's because dreaming in other people's dreams doesn't exist. It'll never. It's like how okay. <laughs> I, I think we, okay. Segwaying into right. my other hot take, I think there is no time travel movie that makes sense. Primer. Okay. Yes. Yes. There's primer. Every time you say that, I know. But there's but other than primer, which is also like it's 
it really doesn't get that deep into the possibilities that the, uh, the storytelling possibilities of a time travel movie, because it is so focused on being realistic, mm-hmm. which it, the fact that it's so limited makes it able to be kind of accurate Yeah, as, as much as you can be accurate about a piece of fictional technology. Mm-hmm. But every other time travel movie, there is some point at which it breaks down and that's fine, but you're not going to, no one's going to convince me that back to the future actually makes literal perfect sense. It's a great movie though. Yeah. Uh, my hot take about a specific movie is Iron Man three is the best uh, Marvel movie. And I'm not going to elaborate on that. Let's go. Okay. Uh, I think you're reading the next, next one. question. Uh, cool. I'm glad I got this one. Mm-hmm. Would you rather uh, pee out a marble or poop out a softball? And this is from my cousin Spencer, who always submits great questions and I love it. Thank you, Spencer. Cooper, why don't, why don't you start us off? Pooping out a softball. 100%. Easy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm halfway there already. <laughs> like, yeah, one of those. I've had some bad poops where I was worried it during it. And like, I feel like this is just another one of those. Yeah. So one of those holes is meant for passing things larger than it. And the other one is not. I mean, and I guess I know this, the difference in size is quite alarming here, but I'm still going to go with, I mean, a softball is big. You might have to go, large. you might have to go to the hospital after that. Yeah. I mean, peeing out a marble, that's basically a kidney stone. Uh, but I, I don't, are kidney stones that big? I would imagine. They, they can were, be. Well, if it's marble. that big, maybe you have to get it surgically removed. I think so. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. if it's a marble, it's smooth. So I think part of when you have a kidney stone that big, it's also kind of like, it's like sharp. So that's bad. So like peeing on a marble, it's like whatever the version of aerodynamic for the inside of a penis is, is that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm Peni, so- dynamic. I'm going with softball. Your urethro dynamic. I'm going with softball with a, with a uh, clear conscience. Yeah. That is the correct decision here. Yeah. <laughs> but with caveat, which is you have, you dial nine, one, and then you poop. <laughs> yeah. And then you start, and then you start pushing. <laughs> <laughs> what's our next, what's our next question? Okay. This is from Morgan Obregon. Uh, that's, she has a new name. Yeah. She got married. Yeah. It was a lovely wedding. Yeah. It was great. Wonderful yeah. wedding. Yeah. We really had a lot of fun. Uh, what's your stance on breaks during movies? Popcorn break, intermission commercials. I mean, I, I take breaks when I watch movies at home. You know, if you gotta, if you gotta use the bathroom, fine. If you gotta, you know, if you want to go get some popcorn, I mean, it's fine. Cause I feel like, or maybe it's just on your movie nights. You're very emphatic about not having interruption during the movie. It's more that I don't want like, uh, um, anything messing with the movie experience while it's running. Yes, because like I've gotten yelled at for checking a text message. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You got to put your phone away. Okay. It's 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 just like being in the movie theater. It's just like being in the movie theater. If you need to go to the bathroom, you can go to the bathroom. You, okay. can, you can go in your seat like a man. Right. But you also need to leave, leave the area of the movie. Wednesday nights, Josh and the bros, diaper up. <laughs> um, I think it's fine. I think intermissions are great. I love... Um, I love an intermission for a very long movie. I think that right. should come back in a more official capacity sometimes, especially as movies get longer and longer. Oh yeah. I love going to, uh, the air where the arrow shows really like Lawrence of Arabia or seventh samurai. And it's like an intermission and you actually can just like, it's sort of like a peace of mind. Cause like, you know, if you kind of need to pee, you don't have to like time out or like, all right, what's the optimal time to pee. Yeah. Just, you know, there's an intermission, you know, it's there. It's like a, it's like, it's like uh, a net while you're doing acrobatics. Yeah. You're just like, it's okay. I'm not going to fall. Yeah. But if I do, there's an intermission. And especially for like the giant, Marvel blockbusters, for instance, they're very, very long. They're, they're getting, getting longer. Long, yeah. And it would be nice if you could just build that into the, because most movies have a midpoint that yeah. is like a pivotal, like a big thing happens at around the middle of the movie. Yeah. And you could like write that into your movie to have intermission. Mm-hmm. If you're going to make a two and a half, three hour movie, just do that. Yeah. I think that would be fun. I was, 
I also I think like Marvel just because of the like massive brand loyalty they have right now could absolutely get away with it. They could Marvel could actively change the way theaters like operate if they like force it. You I know, mean, could you imagine like their next? I think Secret Wars is like rumored to be their next big, mm-hmm. uh, um, their next big thing, their next Infinity War, oh, whatever it is. It's uh, it's it's not a movie. It's a uh, super long form. Super long form. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and when they when they get to the end of whatever phase wraps up this current iteration, I, I'm sure the movie will be like three hours long or more. Yeah. What if they what if they came out and said the movie is three and a half hours? We've built in an intermission. Yeah. I mean, obviously, theaters would get upset because, you know, it's you like You can't less, show them as much. Right, exactly. And you got people wandering around. But they go outside, they get more snacks. And, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, actually, that actually would help them. Yeah. Because that's where they get their most of their revenue. Oh, yeah. And even, it would also help with things like um, the last Harry Potter, how they are splitting into one and two. Mm-hmm. Just make a four-hour-long movie. Yeah. And have an intermission. I think I think it's a good idea, obviously, like to... The movie needs to deserve to be that long. Right. You know, but like Seven Samurai and, and Lawrence of Arabia, I wouldn't cut a freaking frame of those movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and as for commercials, um, I'm not like pro commercials. Yeah, I don't like them when they pop up. In a, it's very jarring when they pop up in like a Hulu Hulu basic. Right. Especially because yeah. movies don't have commercial breaks built in, so they just come up in a random time. Yeah. I mean, I've done that for, for so for this uh, podcast, I've watched movies on, you know, like TNT or something, mm-hmm. like the TNT app. And I'm not calling it TNT specifically. I've also like AMC or TBS, very funny, whatever. Um, and it is pretty frustrating having to stop for commercial breaks when you're not used to it. Yeah. Um, which is weird. I grew up watching so many movies on cable and it was just like, fine, you just switch to another thing, you go get a snack, whatever. But now I'm like, I've just been trained to just. Well, yeah, with react. streaming, we I hardly ever see commercials anymore, except for on YouTube now. But yeah. Uh, Which I feel like are getting even more frequent. Yeah, man. I've been also seeing the same two ads over and over and oh over. Oh, my God. Those are the worst. At least they're not Rick Caruso ads anymore. That yeah. was like a tough week when mm-hmm. it was nothing but that. I know. Uh, so my other... My, so I'm I'm like very pro break string movies. I, I will like pause a movie, wander around, make food, do something else, like do a crossword. Yeah. And then sometimes I'll also stop a movie halfway through and then finish it the next day. I'll, or I'll do that a bunch of times and just watch a movie like a book. Yeah. Do you ever do that? Um, if I've seen it before or if it's not a movie that like I think needs this sort of immersive I'm giving my like all to this movie, you know, experience. Yeah. And 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 I guess that is a way in which I'm being snobby. But also if it's like you know, if I'm just like watching a um you know, it's like an act, a, a solid B plus popcorn flick. Right. And I'm enjoying it, but I'm but it's late and I'm tired. I'll be like, yeah, I'll pick it up in the morning yeah. and I'll like get it. But if I'm watching, you know, like a real I, a horror movies are tougher to do that with because so much of a horror movie, good or bad, up. yeah, it's like you're you're caught in its spell. Like it's, you have to get into that, you have to get sucked into it. Yeah. But if it's a bad horror movie and you're like, well, fuck this, then yeah, pick it up the next day. Yeah. Like for me, for me, because I don't like I don't like big blockbuster action movies. It really well, no, I like action movies, but like the big the big Marvels and the whatever the Star Wars is, it really helps me to be able to make it through it in like seven, like 10, 10 to fifteen minute increments. And it makes me, when I come out of watching one of those movies like that, I'm I feel like I'm way more positive towards it because I'm not like trapped with this thing forever. Oh, interesting. So yeah, you're just getting little bursts. You're like, oh, that's kind of fun. That's yeah, kind of fun. Um, Instead of like, you know, if it's like a bad movie, it's not wearing out its welcome because you're only welcoming it in for ten minutes at a time. Yeah, and maybe for some <laughs> of those ten minutes, I am doing something else. <laughs> I'm like folding laundry. Yeah, breaks breaks are fine. Just you know, make sure everyone's on board. Yeah, yeah. Good, uh, good question, Morgan. I appreciate it. 
Uh, I think. Oh, this one's from you, so I guess I should read it. No, you should. You should read it. You should read it to me. So, uh, what is your favorite specific theater going experience? Watching Paddington Two in a completely empty theater at three o'clock in the afternoon. It was wonderful. It was life changing. Paddington taught me how to live. He taught me how to be. He's a good little bear. I haven't seen. I haven't seen Paddington. I haven't seen Paddington either. I've seen Paddington 2. I also have not seen Paddington Actually, I've seen either. half of Paddington 1. And it's very good. I need to finish it. Yeah. I, I Again, not one of those movies I'm avoiding. It just hasn't come to me. Yeah. You know, it's just sometimes... It just... We, I went over this with another... We went over this with Noah. That's the thing that Noah and... Noah the movie and Paddington 2 have in common. That I haven't gotten to them yet. <laughs> okay. Anyway, my favorite... I was thinking Noah the person. I, know, I was like, you know, I know You looked really confused. That's why I had to clarify yeah. the movie. There you go. Um... What did my my uh, favorite specific theater going experience? Um, the one I thought of was when I was in high school. I went to go see Cloverfield at midnight the night it opened because mm-hmm. uh, this was before they would do it. They actually did midnight screenings. It wasn't like Thursday at two. You yeah, know? Um, and no one knew shit about Cloverfield. All that right. This was like the peak of J.J. Abrams' mystery box. Like, what the fuck is this movie? It's so crazy. There's so many secrets in the in the alternate reality game of like, you know, all the clues. They had these fake websites and shit. So everyone was like hyped. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were also like, there's like this kind of like, this is a big deal movie. Um, so I get inside and like the energy is just like really high. <laughs> but in a weird way, it's not like, you know, you go see like a Marvel movie at midnight and it's just like a bunch of really excited nerds who were just really like, let's all sit down, show and watch the movie. People were like chanting and clapping. They're like, let's go. One dude was walking back and forth in like the front of the theater, like right in front of the screen. Mm-hmm. Not a theater employee, just a guy who had bought a <laughs> ticket, presumably, and went to like one side of the screen of the theater and yelled to them and just went, Cloverfield. And that side of the, like, the audience, the theater started like applauding for him. Then he'd go to the other side and like yell it back and forth. And it was just, it was just so crazy. And I feel like it also kind of broke the mystique a little bit Yeah, that the, this guy was doing that, that everyone's had that energy because it is just sort of a good schlocky creature feature. Yeah. This done, is like the original you know, one is just a giant, giant yeah. monster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just, it's a found footage creature feature. And like, I think breaking that mystique early and getting us in the zone of this is going to be a fun kind of hacky in a good way, kind of, you know, gross movie Mm -hmm. let us enjoy it more because i think that before that everyone's coming in like this is going to be this brilliant gj can do no wrong like lost all these secrets and then once just because of that one beautiful man (laughs) we were all like let's have a fucking great time we're out of there in 90 minutes i think the movie's not very long yeah and we just were just like laughing and applauding and just really into that movie uh which i have not seen since (laughs) i don't i've never seen that movie i need to i've seen clips it's good from what i remember yeah there's some like little crab monsters that come out of off of clover yeah yeah yeah. there's a whole good great bit where they're in the uh they're in like the uh subway they're talking about the subway and those monsters are in there um so many so many movie there's so many movies that take place in abandoned subways and warehouses (laughs) oh yeah it's easy i guess easy to film in and you can do a lot of stuff in it it makes it's like a place that's kind of secluded yeah creepy contained yeah yeah, I, I remember really liking Cloverfield. I haven't seen it since it came out, but I remember reading things. It was like, I mean, very well done, high concept creature feature. Yeah, uh, the monster design's cool, and directed by Matt Reeves, who was like brilliant, and you know went on to do some of the Apes movies and the Batman, the Batman, the Batman. Yeah, not a Batman. Not a. That's Batman. the next one. That would be really funny. It's just it's it's like in uh, Batman. Isn't Dark Knight those guys that have like the hockey pads on or just pretending to be Batman? <laughs> right. It's that guy's story. He just oh, like Batman. Wake, wakes up in the morning. Oh, Batman. Oh, yeah. Someone's like, all right. Oh, no. It's the Batman. It's like, no, no, no. That's a Batman. <laughs> but it's not the Batman. Yeah. <laughs> 
great question, Josh. <laughs> I forgot you asked. <laughs> All right, from Wes. Uh, what is your least favorite movie ever? Hmm. That's tough. Yeah, because it's it interesting. The the ones I dislike, the one I really think of are like. But the ones that really get you are the one when you have a connection to the material and you want it to be good and it's bad. And then you're just sort of like this, uh, you feel like betrayed. Yeah. Um, like certain superhero movies for me, I don't want to like call them out specifically because I don't want to shit on two current movies because I want to work in, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but there's some for characters I have, I have a big connection to and I was like very disappointed and those would probably be pretty high up there for me. Yeah. Oh, but like really least fa- it's funny because you, you know you get to our age and like it, you don't just see everything yeah I, I that's the funny thing is i think because we're pretty dialed into like movies and we've heard about a lot of movies we kind of know what to avoid right exactly um and, and i mean we've watched some bad movies on the pod we've talked about that yeah uh okay i it's not my least favorite but oh it's also a bad movie going experience so this is a twofer <laughs> So I was like, I was going on a date. It was with a girl I've been seeing for a bit, but I was still kind of like trying to impress her. Mm-hmm. We weren't like dating date. We weren't like boyfriend, girlfriend. Yeah. Um, and we wanted to go to a movie and I was like, oh yeah, like I've, let's go to a movie. That'd be great. She's like, oh yeah, let's, let's see what's up. She's like, what about a million ways to die in the West? Let's see that. And I had read reviews and I'd seen it and I was thinking, I know this is going to be bad, but I also don't want to be the negative guy who shoots down her idea. Cause she, she suggested it. So I was like, yeah, we'll do it. That'll be great. And we go in, and that movie is goddamn awful. <laughs> she's clearly having a bad time. I'm having a bad time. I'm stressed out because she's having a bad time. Really sour the evening. And uh, I was just, it was a real catch-22 there. I didn't have, didn't have a good way out. <laughs> so I'm, I'm mad at that movie for ruining a date. Well, there's one. Mm-hmm. That's very good. Uh, I'm sorry. That can't, I can't think of like a real like good answer. Um, I remember not very much liking G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra. Right. I had a, a girlfriend at the time force me to watch it, but maybe <laughs> if I went back, it would be fun. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like I was really not in the mood. Be specifically, I do not like being forced to watch things. <laughs> <laughs> like You could just ask me if I want to watch a thing. Yeah. Um, so that would probably be up there. Um, funny, for some reason when I saw this prompt, the movie I thought of was um, there's, like a th- ac- there's a thriller from the 90s called Boiling Point. Okay. With Dennis Hopper and Viggo Mortensen. And it's not a bad movie, mm-hmm. but it's not a good movie. Yeah. It is a movie just good enough that you're always kind of want to keep watching it. Okay. But never good enough that you're like really jazzed that you're watching this yeah. movie. <laughs> it is the most medium movie. It is so perfectly walking that line that it's kind of impressive in that way. And for some reason, the, the prompt made me think of that movie. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Along those lines, I really mediumed Avatar. <laughs> Uh, I didn't like. I didn't really like it. I tried to take a nap in the theater because I was bored, but the movie was too loud, so I couldn't do it. But it's also a movie that people were constantly not shutting up about how great it was all the time. So I, it's the most frustrating thing to have this to constantly be having to defend your take of this movie's just okay. Which is funny because I feel like now, at least, or at least immediately after it came out, the take like. I feel like it came out and everyone's like, Avatar's so great, seeing it a million times. And then there's like a long stretch of snark that yeah. happens around Avatar where everyone's like, dances with wolves, dance like South Park hits it. And then suddenly everyone's like, oh, dances with Smurfs. And like, mm-hmm. it's just Fern Gully. And then there's like years of that where everyone's like, how did this movie make so much money and it has no cultural impact? Like, yeah, that's kind of the take now. Right. And so that's like more common. And then I feel like we've come so far from that. 
like it funny enough, like, James Cameron kind of brilliantly helped himself out by taking forever with Avatar <laughs> 2 that we've gone through like seven snark cycles of snark True. and we're back around to being kind of fucking jazz. I'm really excited for Avatar 2. It took so long. It's an Avatar 1 again. Like we're just back <laughs> we're just back to reset. Uh, and also to be clear, I like Avatar a lot. I, yeah. I think it's really great. Um, also, we watched bits of it recently, and I don't think the effects hold up super great. I think it looks pretty bad. Oh, interesting. I remember watching it maybe about five, six years ago, caught on TV, and I remember thinking it was still pretty great, but maybe I was dumb five or six years ago. I don't know. You, you've seen it more recently. I trust your judgment. Yeah. Um, next question is me, right? Yes. Uh, last Night in Soho, hot or flop? Oh, another movie I hated that I saw in theaters. <laughs> so this is like Don't a go off gang. <laughs> this is like a threefer. That movie has absolutely goddamn nothing going on in it. It's just a nothing. It's a big wet fart of a movie. I don't, I just don't. It's just nothing. There's, <laughs> there's no reason for it to exist. I just hated watching it so much. Wow. <laughs> I liked it. It, it, it looks fine. I love, no, it, it looks nice. Okay, I'll tell you that. I think... It is very, very okay. What again? Think it's a good movie. Um, very, very impressively like edited and shot. I think yeah, which is Edgar Wright's thing. But right. I, I feel like the movie dorks get super, uh, like invested in how good he is at visual comedy and editing. Yeah, and sometimes he makes movies that aren't that great. I'm not. A, I, I like Edgar Wright. Mm-hmm. I like his comedies a lot. I'm not as much of a fan of his dramas. Like I also very much didn't like Baby Driver. Right. I like Baby Driver. I mean, I like Baby Driver too, but I funny, I would put no, I haven't seen Baby Driver too. I've just seen Shut one. the fuck up. I don't care. I I would put Last Night in Soho and Baby Driver in to me about the same area of I'm it's funny, I'm more impressed by what they're doing on an editing and sound editing level than I like the movies, but I do also like the movies. Okay. Um although I think the sound editing in Baby Driver is more impressive than the editing editing in in Soho. Yeah. But like mo- most of what I got of those movies is just like how impressive they are. And like they are. And Soho, I liked, I just think it's a little long, which is tough when you're doing like a tight uh, horror movie. Yeah. I oh. think they're, they would be good music videos or effects demos. Maybe. Yeah. I, like I said, I think, I think they're pretty good. Uh, I, I have, I have a lot of medium takes today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're up. All right. So, the, oh, so the last one was from black, black sheep sweater who, um, Thank you for asking us some questions. No, it's black sheep's wheat. We black sheep's weeder. No, it's black sheep's we ate R. Oh God, who's R? <laughs> See, different we guy from the other guy. <laughs> black sheep's we ate her. <laughs> See, I think I figured out the kerning this. Okay, you're up. What's, what's the next question? <laughs> uh, this is from Spencer again. Uh, so Bruce Willis and Gasoline Alley. Dot dot dot. So we had to look this one up. normally. Cooper doesn't tell me the questions, but this one he told me ahead of time because uh, we need to look up what Gasoline Alley was. Yeah, I hadn't seen it, unfortunately. Still haven't. Yeah, so Gasoline Alley is a movie Yep. Uh, with Bruce Willis. and Bruce uh, Lee Willis. Right. So Bruce Willis right now, and then I mean, recently came out that he has aphasia and he's had right. to take a step back from acting, you know, it's cognitive impairment, uh, which is very sad. He, he Aphasia, you can't speak? I think you have trouble remembering. I don't want to speak out of turn about what it is and is not. I've, yeah. From what I recall from reading the articles, it's a lot of like having trouble, uh, having trouble speaking, having trouble keeping ideas like in your head, communicating, yeah, something like that. But it is a cognitive impairment of some kind. Uh-huh. Um, I feel comfortable saying that at least. But like I said, I don't want to like talk. Yeah, about we're we're not saying that we know a lot about a patient. No, but it is very sad because I think Bruce Willis is obviously a great actor, great actor, one of the great movie stars. Mm-hmm. Um, but Gasoline Alley was part of that zone of movies he's done. He did a lot in the last 10 years, maybe less, 
where it was just he'd you know pump out like eight or ten of these a year that are just sort of these like really cheap action movies with a bunch of people who maybe are not at the Bruce Willis level of fame. Yeah, he was kind of uh, Nick Caging a bit. Right. Yeah, and I think there's been some rumors or assumption that he was doing those because that's all he could do, but still wanted to keep working. I don't know if that's been confirmed or not. Or like, yeah, if it is true, I respect it. Yeah. No, I mean he the man, then the man likes to work. Yeah. Um. We haven't seen Gasoline Alley. I, I guess if some way of getting some... Should we watch the trailer right now? We should not. We don't have no. to do that. <laughs> uh, so one way of getting a little interesting thing about that is I think it's... People really underestimate how many fucking movies are made every year. Yes. And you really underestimate how many... Like Bruce Willis is not the only one who does this. Mm-hmm. There, are, You would be absolutely... Go look at some... Not like AA super A-list movie stars. Like not the Chris's. But like look at just some actors who've been around for a while who are like respected. Yeah. Like like people who were maybe in the Bruce Willis zone a few years ago, and just look at their IMDb page, and you'll see some names you remember, and then the names you glaze over, click click on those names. Yeah, there's just a lot of weird movies that just get made because people are like, "Well, shit, maybe this will be good," and then if they just don't get released, they get dumped overseas, and it's just really interesting. There's whole there's like a shadow Hollywood basically. Yeah. That kind of reminds me of there's the uh, kind of a similar phenomena, which is actors being spokesmen for spokespeople for products in other countries that you don't and that the ads don't air here, right. um, which Bruce Willis actually did because he's the face of Sobieski vodka. Oh, interesting. But it only airs in, I think, like Russia and Japan or whatever. <laughs> but, uh, and it's like an interesting way for them to make money, but they don't have to really it doesn't affect their reputation here. Yeah. Which yeah. I respect. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. I don't, I have not seen much of Friends, but one of the ones I have seen is Joey does like a, uh, a Japanese commercial, right? Or something oh, like that. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the one where he does the ad for herpes, like a herpes medication. Right. Well, no, it's like um, uh, that one I've also seen. Yeah. Where it's like, he's just like a modeling thing. And they're going to mm. just be like, I have the face, one of them's like, I have the face of heart disease. I'm the face yeah. of uh, um, brain tumors or something. Mm-hmm. Just trying to like make, put, and his, I am the face of VD. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or just like, I'm Joey, I have VD. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> And it's like a bus ad. Yeah. Um, wait, so what was... He does a Japanese ad. Yeah. Yeah, and it was funny. That's what yeah, I think yeah. of that. Friends is funny. I um, like Friends. And also, just kind of combining these two, did, did, have you ever heard of... Uh, God, I think it's called The Offer or something like that. Not the Paramount thing. Or maybe mm-hmm. it's called like the commercial. It was basically like a like $40 million something like commercial that for like a casino in Macau, I believe. Okay. That was directed by Martin Scorsese. I have heard of this. Yeah, right. And stars, like, I think, like, Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, Robert De Niro, maybe... Uh, it's like Brad all Scorsese's Pitt. boys. And plus, plus Brad, Brad Pitt. Pitt right, which is yeah. That's a good group. I would love to see Brad Pitt in a Scorsese movie. I think that'd be an interesting yeah. combo. Yeah, that'd be really good. Yeah. I know he's like, you know... Marty, if you're listening... Come on the show. Come on the show. We love you. Bring Brad. So much. Even <laughs> though you don't know him. <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll bring Brad. You, you guys can meet. They've talking least, directly to Marty right now. They've at least met once because they did this commercial. Anyway, right. it's just really interesting that this thing exists. That it's like he has this, met Brad Pitt more times than we have. Right, exactly. Uh, that it, and I think it's really interesting. I guess you can go look it up, uh, Warhawks. But yeah, like zillion dollar Martin Scorsese. Everyone's got a price. Yeah. In Macau? I believe it is Macau. Is Macau in Southeast Asia? That feels right. Okay. <laughs> my, my The thing I know... I don't know why I asked this, just revealing that I don't know geography. <laughs> the thing about Macau is I learned it existed when James Bond went there in Skyfall. Yeah, it's like a big gambling mecca. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's like a... Um, it's like Monte, Montenegro. I almost said Monte Cristo, but that's a sandwich. Yeah. Or, or a All's, count. Uh, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, that's highbrow, lowbrow right there. <laughs> 
a sandwich or a count. Word association, real quick. Monte Cristo, sandwich. <laughs> Damn it. I'm an idiot. Uh, yeah, I think it's just sort of like a, a yeah, big gambling destination. Yeah. I, I don't know shit about Macau. I, I have no hot takes about Macau. If I got something wrong, I don't care. Feel free to correct me. Yeah. The Count of Monte Cristo is about a guy who's figuring out how many sandwiches he has, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. It's the Count. Of Monte, yeah, he's but he's also like a, a noble of the area of Monte Cristo. Yeah, yeah, and he's counting his sandwiches. Yeah, he's like, I have one, two, three Monte Cristo sandwiches. It's a really short movie, and then yeah. he like gets revenge on Guy Pierce. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's in that movie. We should watch that movie for movie. this podcast. Uh, is it okay? So lowbrow or highbrow? I was thinking in the middle. Yeah, because I think that book obviously very highbrow. Yeah, usually respected piece of literature. I think that movie's pretty middlebrow. Yeah. It's like not it's, trying to be super artsy and it's 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 really trying to be kind of a swashbuckler in a little bit, but it is still yeah. doing the drama. Yeah. It's it's like an earnest, not tongue in cheek Pirates of the Caribbean almost. Like, yeah, it's like that <laughs> it's kind like of Pirates, vibe. Pirates of the Caribbean, but not supernatural, not as much comedy. Yeah, good or movie. Any comedy. I remember. Yeah. I especially I remember Guy Pierce being really incredible He's as great. Uh, the villain. Guy Pierce in everything. Oh yeah. We I think we 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 sang his praises on the Memento episode, but let's fucking do another Guy Pierce movie and sing him again. Can we do LA Confidential? We sure. did just do. We're yeah. going to sneak yeah. peek for next episode. <laughs> we're doing LA noir movies, so maybe we're going to have to take a break for that one. <laughs> right. Also, not a sneak peek because it's coming out in like less than 12 hours. So it, oh, right. Sneak this, peek this for episode's last coming, week's episode. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know how time works. Yeah. Sneak peek. <laughs> that reverse sneak peek. Yeah. It's a tenant sneak peek. Yeah. Um, that's it for questions. That's it. We that did was, it. That was fun. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't expect just, I, I, I got a kick out of the last night in Soho question just because I, I feel like it's not a recent movie. So it's yeah. unexpected you just get a specific, I'm curious about your take on, the, on this specific movie that's not like a classic or come out but too it is, recently. Was, it is was it a divisive movie at the time at I, all? It's funny. I feel like weirdly it's grown into divisiveness. Because I think people just kind of liked it when it came out, right? Right. I think it came out and like, it was mostly like this is. I think the hype was really big at first because obviously he's coming off a of baby driver, and then the reviews come and they're like mixed. But a lot of people are like this is really brilliant, and there's a lot of like how did he do this shot stuff, right? And then I feel like there's been this kind of growing as people come around to it because I think it came out right after COVID or it was kind of like 2021. It was after COVID, but like still when theaters hadn't fully come back. I thought they were backpack. So I feel like I didn't go to any like really. I went, I saw that in theaters. And I didn't really. I waited a while. Yeah, because late twenty twenty one, I think, came out. But like, there's nothing really made money. That whole right. That was the whole thing. Like all the Oscar movies bombed. Like every single one. Yeah. Um. It uh, maybe some of them didn't. Fuck you. I don't care. Um. <laughs> great. Great way to establish a rapport with the <laughs> listeners. Uh. So I think last night in Soho fa- found his audience over the past year and has become a divisive movie. I'm remembering more things I don't like about last night in Soho <laughs> as we talk about this. Uh, Thomas and McKenzie's character is the most inactive character in any movie in that she is literally asleep for all of it and just experiencing what somebody else is doing in a story. She's experiencing a different story that is also not very interesting. <laughs> uh I'm not gonna. I don't, I'm not gonna dig this movie because I think Edgar Wright's brilliant, and I want him to offer me money to write something for him one day. Yeah, sorry, Edgar Wright. I like your other movies. Um, Never Babe Driver. I, I mean, I I'm so. just not gonna work with Edgar Wright. This is just uh, how it's shaking down. Apparently not. I'm, I'm just gonna say this now. Look to Edgar Wright ten years in the future when we're, you're thinking about working with me, and you hear that oh, there was a Josh was on a podcast oh, or someone said some podcast, and he said some bogus shit about you. I want to be clear, Cooper saying this. Don't work with Cooper. Work with me. 
I think you seem like a fine person. I yeah no he's he's great. And I would a good writer his, and a very good writer. Brilliant yeah, and I would have loved director. to see his uh, Ant Man when he was yeah when he was, that was in works a while. That's weirdly it's one of those like lost project that's not like legendary, but one of those ones like I would really like to see that. Yeah, you know it's not like Kubrick's Napoleon, but or it's, like the uh, the Superman one. Superman lives. The yeah. The, the one well, that's the documentary about it. Was it actually called Superman Lives? I thought it was. Oh, maybe you're right. I have, I don't know. I always thought Superman Lives was like a fun name for the documentary, but you might be right. That's just what the Superman movie was. Uh, oh yeah. I mean, we got the, uh, there's the great bit in An Evening with Kevin Smith where he talks about mm-hmm. like pitching John Peters. The giant, the giant spider. Oh, yeah. 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 That that alone, that like 10 minute monologue from Kevin Smith is probably better than the movie would have ended up being. Yeah. I had a fun little, uh, fun little like comment uh, thread on TikTok about we were talking about the giant cloud from... The Rise of the Silver Surfer. Yeah. And then we're talking about how there's so many other movies at the time that had giant clouds in them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's just one executive who's just been bopping around all the major studios, but he has a phobia of clouds and it is the most terrifying thing that he can imagine. <laughs> so he's just like, like John Peters and the Giant Spider, he's inserting these clouds in these movies because they're like, we need something really scary. He's like, I know what the scariest thing is. A big cloud. And I was like, I can't tell you no because you signed my paychecks. <laughs> uh. Yeah, yeah, it's like well, it's like that time when like every movie there was like they came in waves. There's every movie had a big cloud. Then right. every movie had a spaceship crashing into a city at the end of it. Right. Then every movie had like a big shining like beam in the sky that was ending the world. Oh yeah, yeah, that was a, that was like a thing for a while. Now I'm not sure where we are. I feel like now they're they're trying to time, scale. There's a lot of time travel nonsense. happening. There's a lot of time stuff. Else worlds. Like yeah. there's a lot of alternate realities. Oh, like multi- multiverses. Yeah. Is like the whole, well, that's Marvel's whole big thing now. That's the new hotness. Yeah, and then DC's maybe doing that with their Flash movie, depending on if Ezra Miller is or is not a criminal and what they're doing. Yeah, about that. I guess we shouldn't talk about that because it's like. Maybe actually criminal activity. Right, yeah. Seems pretty sketchy. Yeah, I haven't dug that deeply into it, but he seems like a act I, I like maybe it not but he seems like a bad dude. How about this? Seems if, like a bad dude. How about this? If the allegations against him are true, they're very bad. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, bad dude, mm-hmm. allegedly. Yeah. Yeah. If these maybe are more true, than the I maybe new maybe shit has come out since we started. <laughs> you think it's improved? No, been proved. Okay, been proven. <laughs> these things never improve. Improved. Yeah, <laughs> he got better. He's not evil He's anymore. Sorry now. Uh, all right, you want to do some wrecks and get out of here? Yeah, cool. Go. Or I can have go. I have I recommended <laughs> tickled? Yes. God damn it. <laughs> All right, you Do go. You need me to go first. Yes, okay. I need you to I go thought, first. I thought that might now, happen. Now the audience staring. can see me look at my bookshelf for something to recommend. <laughs> All right, my recommendation, something I'm very excited about recommending. I'm recommending the hit video game Elden Ring because I've been waiting to recommend it till I beat it, and you I beat, beat it? it this morning. Holy shit, this is like a chapter in your life. 138 and one half hours later, I have defeated the last boss of Elden Ring. That is too many hours. <laughs> it is... A good amount of hours. I had a lot of fun. Uh, funny, I looked it up the speed run for Elden Ring record. It's like an hour. <laughs> what? It's incredible. I watched the video. It's like really specific, like, like not even glitching. It, anyway, uh, Elden Ring, very good video game. It's like a huge open world RPG, like Skyrim style, but um, uh, the gameplay is like really in depth as well. Uh, like, you know, it's, it's Dark Souls crossed with Skyrim. Dark, so, you know, a lot of rolling, a lot of really crazy imaginative bosses and really punishing gameplay and it's not the kind of thing i'd normally played but i had friends who yelled at me so i picked it up and it's been my obsession and i really recommend it and uh 
you will die so many fucking times. And to the point where it just won't make you feel bad anymore. Because it means, all right, I get to try again. I'm happy for you. I'm like legitimately happy for you that you finished this game because it has ruled your life for many months now. I'm really it's funny. I just feel like a giant weight has been lifted off your shoulders. It was great. And I was, I was making a run at the last boss, not even like, this is the one. I was like, yeah, you know, I'll just spend like half hour trying to do this and get back to my life. And then uh, I did it. Wow. And I'm very excited. Uh, you, should, you should play. Did you t- try to tell Jess about how excited you were about it and she was not having it? No, she was very excited. Oh, she was me. having it. That's great. Yeah, she was actually in... She, it was in between was meetings. Was she there? Yeah. Yeah, she was making lunch. Was she like wiping the sweat off your brow as you were... No, she she was making lunch and she okay. works from home. So she, was, so she was like... You couldn't see the screen. Mm-hmm. But I was just like, you know... I was just like chatting, like, oh, I'm doing it. Woo-hoo. Not because I think she gives a shit, but yeah, I'm just like making conversation with the woman uh-huh. I love. Uh, and then I just like did it. And I was like, wait, I, I, I won? I did it? And I did. And I uh, am very happy about that. Uh, and you should play it. Or I, I want someone. I, I have friends who play it. I have very close friends, but no one in Los Angeles I know points it, so I don't get to talk about it with people I actually see so day to day. So now it's going to be too late because you have finished it, but. I am going to be done with this show in about a week. Yeah. And then I will start it. That's great. Yeah. That will be my life. After That'll that. be great. I can like help you if you have questions about how the game works. Cause I'm really happy. I had friends when I, who I could go to questions. So I wouldn't have to Google everything. Just mm-hmm. quick. Like, Oh, how does weapon scaling work? That kind of thing. So I will be your that. Yeah. Or you'll just like find it all really easy or something. I don't know. <laughs> just, <laughs> just kill it. Okay. I, I found mine. I thought, okay. Mine. Okay. It's a, uh, it's a short animated film called Guard Dog by Bill Plimpton. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, Bill Plimpton's like a indie animator. Uh, I don't even know what year this came out. I mean, he's been active for a while. Yeah, he's yeah. he's an old school independent animator, mm-hmm. kind of like a Don Hertzfeld type. Yeah. And uh, it's really funny. It's really well animated. It looks great. And it's uh, it's about a, little, about a man who's walking his dog, and the dog is trying to protect his owner and keeps on killing his owner. Over and over and over. That's really fun. There's like a, a series of them, like mm-hmm. other ones, right? Like Watchdog or uh, uh, I don't know. I don't remember. But yeah. they, they used to be on Filmstruck, I think. Yeah, they're but really good. Bill Plum's great. Yeah. Um, um, I used to get um, those. They used to have DVDs of like all the Academy Award nominated shorts per, per year. And a lot of times they throw in a lot of extra animated ones. And, and if Bill Plumpton nominated or not would show up on a lot of that. So like yeah. got to see a lot of his shit in high school. And he's he's great. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um. Cooper, what should the people at home do? Rate, review, subscribe, follow us on Instagram, follow us on TikTok, HBLB podcast for both. And uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. normally do another spiel, but hey, shit, we've been here a while. Keep listening. We love you. This has been fun. Goodbye forever. Bye forever.